The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. We have St. George Mining with us today. The code is SGQ, trading around 2.7 cents for a market cap of 20 million. It's a well-known name in the uh, exploration space in WA, mainly because of its uh, Mount Alexander high-grade nickel sulphide discovery, which it's uh, been teasing out for a little while now, looking for the, trying to put together a picture about what the the deeper and bigger potential is. Uh, It's also been expanding into, more recently, into the Patterson province and the the Julemar style hunt uh, on the western margin of the Yilgarn. So lots to talk about with this one. And as uh, listeners will know, Garen Perro is always happy to be talking to explorers with uh, market caps of 20 million and exposure to high impact, high reward exploration projects, assuming everything goes well, of course. Now we have uh, John Prinius with us today. John is the executive chairman, uh, founding shareholder of the company. So John uh, is the right guy to be telling us about this sort of new look. Uh, I've been following the company for a long time and it was always around Mount Alexander, which is uh, is exciting news out about that this week. But uh, I'm also interested in this expansion into the Patterson province and the uh, recent uh, news from the company that it will be getting uh, or exploring for lithium around Mount Alexander. So as I said, a lot to talk about. So with that, John, welcome to the uh, show. Thank you very much, Barry. Now, John, just before going through what looks like it's going to be a very active uh, period coming forward for the company. Can you just give people a bit of a snapshot history of uh, Mount Alexander? Yeah, Mount Alexander. We we bought uh, our interest in Mount Alexander from BHP back in 2015 when the old Nickel West business was on its death throes and they were divesting non-core assets. So we were lucky enough to pick that up for about $300,000 from BHP. It already had a Nickel Sulphide discovery on it, so it was really encouraging project. We, we started drilling there and just kept on finding more and more nickel. It's shallow, shallow nickel, copper, cobalt, and PGEs, uh, starting 30 metres from surface. So it's uh, fantastic uh, conceptually for an economic open pit. Um, the high grades of nickel, copper and cobalt, 6 to 8% nickel, 2 to 4% copper, great cobalt, and about 5 to 6 grams per tonne PGEs, mostly palladium and rhodium, which are the most valuable at the moment. So... We found these over about a five-kilometer strike length of the cathedral's belt, but mostly uh, small uh, deposits. We still need to drill them out and find exactly how much is there, but the prize, of course, is trying to find the source and, and the bigger deposits. So we keep drilling deeper. We keep finding the intrusive host structures that host the, the deposits, but we haven't just found the big one yet. Uh, we've had some discussions with CSIRO, which are 
great at dating your mineralization and trying to, to, to come up with the genesis of the mineral system. They believe there should be more there that you just don't find uh, these multiple discoveries across five kilometers and not have something at depth. So we're continuing the hunt. Earlier this year, we brought Julian Hanner on board. He, of course, was the uh, managing director at Western Aries when they made their great discoveries at Flying Fox turn that company into a billion dollar market cap. He has a great knack of, of smelling out uh, targets. Uh, we launched a new uh, EM survey and seismic survey trying to explore some areas which we hadn't tested. Uh, and yesterday we announced um, uh, a new EM conductor in the granite greenstone contact at Mount Alexander. So that's very significant because at Western areas, the, the granite greenstone contact at Forestania is where Flying Fox was discovered, etc. So we're pretty excited by that target. It's about 320 metres below thick granites. Again, very similar sort of geological setting to the Forestania. So we just want to do a little bit more fixed loop EM over the top of that and firm it up and, and go ahead and drill it. Combination of uh, what uh, latest geophysical work and uh, Julian's arrival has given you some uh, new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've really only scratched the surface there and mm. there's still a lot of potential for discoveries. So in terms of uh, drilling going forward? Yeah, we just got to do this fixed loop survey. We want to firm it up. We just don't want to go and, and, and do a half-baked target. So we got to do the fixed loop survey on the top of it. Hopefully that'll be done in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we've said we've tried and be drilling by the beginning of the next quarter, so uh, late September, early October, hopefully we'll be on the ground drilling that target. Now, I mentioned that uh, lithium is uh, our crops in the region. But what's the story with the uh, lithium potential of uh, the Mount Alexander region for you guys? Yeah, we really had to step, step back and have a look at the lithium potential after Red Dirt uh, Metals, which is only five kilometres south from our tenement area, reported their great um, lithium discovery there at their Mount Ida project. So we've had a look at our ground. We believe the... Um, lithium uh, system at red dirt potentially extends into our ground as well uh, there seems to be a bit of a corridor of pegmatite outcrop that goes into our ground as well we've located a very intense two kilometer strike swarm pegmatite swarm and pegmatites also over a larger 15 kilometer strike length so we're just doing some rock chip sampling on those um, trying to confirm if they got the indicators for lithium potential. What we know from red dirt is if you see rubidium in the uh, rock chip samples, there's a good chance there's lithium there as well. Rubidium will tell you that there's a differentiated pegmatite and you need a differentiated pegmatite to deliver lithium. Um, so that is continuing. Hopefully we'll have more to report very, very soon, uh, but it's looming as a very exciting potential for us. Uh, and it's not just red dirt. We've got another tenement abutting us to the uh, east, Zenith Minerals which has a lithium joint venture with uh, EV Metals. And to the south of us, immediately to the south, is Hawthorne Resources, which has a joint venture with Hancock Prospecting. That's Gina Reinhardt. So they're also uh, having a look at the lithium potential. So uh, it could be uh, an overlooked lithium province, uh, which is about to become a hotspot. Uh, John, that, of course, raises valuation questions around the company. Um, if you were telling me that story on lithium alone, I'd say, well, you'd probably start out with a $20 million market cap, which is the current market cap of the company. So capturing that upside from the uh, lithium potential, the forward plan is, as you were just saying, is to uh, get on top of what, of what you might uh, have there. But I was just wondering, the the whole story around EVs, uh, here you are, it's kind of neat, isn't it? Mount Alexander, you've got the nickel, you've got the cobalt, you might have the lithium as well. You 
ready-made battery source. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget copper. It's not yes, yeah. commonly thought of uh, for uh, batteries, but it is definitely an EV metal. You need a lot of copper for EV cars. So, um, yeah, I think we've got great potential over the full suite and uh, not fully recognised in our valuation at the moment. So uh, you're flagging there that there'll be some uh, news on that lithium front uh, before long. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to do our homework and make sure we, we make the best uh, case forward. But, yeah, there'll be mm-hmm. something coming very soon. Now, another interesting uh, move in recent, more recent times for the company is up into the Patterson province, of course, where Rio Tinto has its uh, Winu Copper Gold discovery and uh, Newcrest and Great Land have their Haveron uh, discovery. So you've started drilling in May, you've completed five holes. So what's the situation now? Yeah, we've got about uh, 35 kilometres of uh, stratigraphy, strike of st- uh, favourable stratigraphy. We've done our maiden diamond drill program, so really trying to hunt for the discovery. The holes have been completed. We're just waiting for the assays. But certainly visually, we've confirmed that we're seeing mineralizing process on our ground. We're seeing hydrothermal fluids, brecciation, uh, extensive sulphides. There's definitely been a mineralizing process on our ground. So we've ticked the first box. Uh, we just need to see the assays and see whether we've hit the mineralization this first time up or whether we need to keep on drilling to, to find that deposit. These initial holes, were they uh, more about uh, ensuring uh, the right sort of rocks are present or was it about uh, well trying to hit a deposit straight up? Yeah, we've got some uh, very exciting uh, geophysical features. So uh, folding of structures, domes. So we've targeted the drilling in those areas where it's most likely to have a concentration of mineralization. So it certainly was aimed at, at finding the deposit. Uh, it wasn't just a sort of reconnaissance drilling. Uh, legend has it that Rio made uh, the Winu Discovery first drill hole. And I think New Chris say that they found Javier on, on the seventh drill hole. So we're certainly hopeful that we'll get something meaty in our first drill program. You're not always that lucky. But uh, certainly, um, as a minimum, we have established that there is a mineralizing process on our ground and a very, very good chance that there should be some mineral deposit uh, nearby. Assay results uh, towards the end of September? Yeah, they've been a bit delayed, uh, frustratingly, uh, typical for Western Australia at the moment, but uh, they should be coming through this month, yes. I've always argued that uh, junior mining companies can do more than uh, exploration companies can do more than one thing at a time. The addition of Patterson to the portfolio and the addition, uh, which we'll get onto in a moment, uh, around the Julemar style lookalike uh, that you'll be getting onto. What uh, what was the strategy of expanding the portfolio, as it were? Yeah, absolutely. So when uh, Chalice Mining made that Julemar discovery, it was obviously fantastic for the exploration industry and it's an overlooked area. So we stepped back and said, wow, uh, maybe we should have a look at uh, Western Australia and other, other over overlooked areas which could be um, hiding a, a very meaningful deposit like that. So we had a look particularly on the western margin of the Yilgarn Craton and found two projects which really excited us. One is the Agena project up uh, in the Northampton block near Geraldton and the other one is our Broadview project which is about 120 kilometres south of Julemar itself on what we think is the extension of the mobile belt that hosts Julemar. So both uh, large-scale projects, both of them we've confirmed already, very large 20-kilometre strike uh, magnetic features which have potential to be uh, a mafic intrusion. Uh, that's the kind of thing that hosts uh, the Julemar nickel-copper PG. So we think they're prospective for nickel-copper PGs. We still need to do a little bit more work to prove up some drill targets, uh, but they're looming as uh, very, very exciting projects with large-scale potential. So any drilling on those uh, before the end of the year? We're trying to get on the ground there uh, in the last quarter. They're over pastoral land farmers, so we need to have a talk to those. We are slowly signing some access agreements with the farmers. 
So hopefully we'll be ready to drill by by November at least, yes. And how is the company off for funding? Yeah, we did a raise uh, earlier this year and uh, we've been very prudent in how we spend it given the, the volatile market conditions. So we're, we're still good, still good. And hopefully one of these uh, projects delivers some great results that uh, will help us raise money at a much higher price. Interesting where the market's at at the moment, uh, going through a bit of a readjustment for want of a better expression. But in the background, we have uh, one of the great thematics of our time, the electric vehicle revolution, um, powered by batteries, battery materials. I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on uh, where the nickel market's headed? Yeah, look, uh, the demand is is unstoppable. Um, the the swing uh, in the nickel price, I think, will come. Uh, there's just been a bit of speculation around it, which is why you're seeing the correction. But uh, certainly, we're seeing behind the scenes very strong interest in in our, ourselves for offtake, and we we haven't actually got an economic resource yet. So, with people scrambling behind the scenes trying to sign offtake contracts and secure offtake, I think that's a very good sign that uh, uh, there's going to be a huge demand uh, accelerating uh, over the next few years, and it's going to drive the, the the commodity prices, particularly the nickel price. Um, there's only one way you're going to deliver more nickel to the market and that's by having a high nickel price and having a high incentive for people to go and, and explore and find more nickel. The, the one concern some investors have is the rise of nickel pig iron production out of uh, Indonesia and uh, their uh, production uh, capabilities now are producing an intermediate product. But uh, give investors a feel for the importance, you think, of nickel sulfides in the battery story. Yeah, uh, nickel sulfide is still uh, the easiest thing to produce T1 uh, nickel for for high-grade battery manufacture. It's not easy to find nickel sulfide, so that alone will drive the price up. And there are some battery manufacturers that still won't uh, source their product from countries like Indonesia because they have high carbon emissions, etc., associated with their production. So I know they're moving to try and use solar power and all sorts of other things up there, but it's going to take a while before they get that critical mass. And by the time they get the critical mass, the, the nickel demand is going to be so high that it doesn't really matter. I don't think it'll impact on the nickel price at all. Right. And you're new to the uh, lithium market in terms of uh, having uh, uh, projects, but uh, what's your feel for lithium? Yeah, again, it's an essential uh, commodity for, for batteries and it's an unstoppable train, really, the, the EV um, revolution. So there will be continuing strong demand. Again, you see all these offtake deals being signed up. Uh, that means that uh, producers, battery manufacturers, uh, car manufacturers are very nervous about uh, supply and that will really help to sustain a high lithium price going forward. Now, another distinguishing feature around the company is uh, your 100% ownership, uh, apart from a, a small part of uh, Mount Alexander with uh, IGO, always a good partner to have. But uh, the intention is to largely across all of the projects keep advancing on a 100% uh, basis rather than entertain the uh, joint venture partners or earnings by other groups? Uh, we're open to, to all ideas. Uh, certainly we want to progress 100% as, as much as we possibly can. If someone makes us an offer we can't refuse, then we have to consider it. But uh, yeah, we certainly want to create maximum value for our shareholders. They've been very loyal over the years. Um, and we want to try and, and create that multiplier gain for their investment. Just on that, uh, with that nickel outlook, obviously Mount Alexander is uh, a key uh, package of ground in a uh, you know, southern to the south there of the Agnew Waluna nickel belt where we've uh, got Australia's biggest nickel mines. So it's obviously a very uh, 
appealing uh, strategic sort of land package. But I was just wondering what your thoughts are on the location, the infrastructure benefits, the beauty of being in a tier one location. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That, that makes it much easier for us to contemplate a potential development. Um, as you said, we're in the, the backyard of the major mining companies, BHP and, and now IGO having the Cosmos uh, mine just up the road from us. So they're obviously looking very closely at what we're doing. But uh, the, the benefit is of being in, in uh, established infrastructure, so roads, gas pipelines, um, accessible for, for FIFO workers, etc. We're not in the middle of the Victoria Desert where you're going to have to come up with $300 million to, to build your own infrastructure. We can quite easily tap into to the local infrastructure, so that's a huge advantage for us. So how does the team uh, get to Mount Alexander? If, say you're in Perth, what do you do? You fly to Leonora, is it? Uh, yeah, there's two options. One is to fly to Leonora and then basically drive uh, due west uh, for about 100 k's. But more common, we actually fly to Kalgoorlie and drive two and a half hours uh, due north. Um, it's just easier to get flights to Kalgoorlie in and out. Uh, unless it's stickers and dealers style. Alrighty, uh, John, so uh, as I said at the start, lots going on with the company at the moment. So let's pull it all together and give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for as uh, the rest of the year unfolds. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting finish to the year, I think, for us. We have done uh, all the groundwork now uh, with uh, Julian's arrival, and not to forget Charles Wilkinson is with us as well. He was chief geologist at Western Areas during their, their great growth period, so we've got two of the best nickel geologists uh, in the country working with us. We've done our geophysics groundwork. We've now developed the the targets. We've just got to polish them up a little bit, and then we'll be off drilling them, so that's very, very exciting, drilling nickel sulfide targets. Um, the lithium potential is starting to come together and we'll have some news out on that soon. That certainly could drive the share price very, very strongly in the near term. Drill results for Patterson, assay should be coming soon uh, and a follow-up drill program probably designed. And then we've got the, the greenfield exploration at Agena and Broadview, which hopefully we will be also be drilling uh, towards the end of the year uh, and they could really deliver something out of left field for us. So there we go, folks. A very interesting story. A junior company with a $20 million market cap with one of the best technical nickel teams in the country, uh, exploring at one of the most advanced nickel projects in the country at Mount Alexander, with uh, a push into the Patterson province at Lithium and uh, Jeweler Must style nickel, platinum, gold and everything else that uh, the deposit has over on the, uh, the West Yule Guard. So with that, John, uh, thanks very much for your time today. We'll be watching with interest as the story unfolds. Thank you very much, Barry. Thank you. Cheers.